0: Say in an Italian accent. Paolo Di Bala. Say in an Argentinian accent. Paolo Di Bala. Yeah, that sounded similar. <laughs> Any other accents? Say in a Japanese accent. Paolo
1: Di Bala.
2: <laughs> it's time for the podcast. Welcome back to the Dirty Tackle Podcast. On last week's episode, we started a blood drive for Leo Messi, and it didn't go so well. No one told me that you weren't supposed to donate all your blood, so Messi actually ended up giving me his blood, and it was a disaster. Anyway, I'm Brooks Peck, editor of dirtytackle.net and Howler magazine's whatahowler.com, and I'm still here with my two co hosts, Ryan Bailey and Theo Messi. Ryan, how are you? What are you wearing? How's it going?
0: Oh, I'm very good, Brooks. Thank you very much for asking. Today, I'm wearing my special edition Real Madrid shirt. It's got Cristiano Ronaldo's name on the back. The special thing about this shirt, Brooks, is it's got this special coating on it that makes it invisible to linesmen. It's the same one that Ronaldo <laughs> wears on the field. Wow.
2: Impressive. That yeah, must come bad. in handy.
1: Theo, yeah, what are you wearing? I am wearing my Yokohama Marinos away kit. Um With about five or six sponsors on it. So, you know, the revenue is generating. Legit. You know, open your mind. Yokohama, that's my Japanese team. They have amazing fan culture out there. It's not all Rebecca Lowe and and pies on Sunday mornings, chaps. So, you know, (laughs) this is true. Tune in. The
2: the, the tire culture, the Yokohama tire culture.
1: The best tires in the world. Yeah. The best Tifos in the world. Chelsea Link.
2: I like it. Anyway, I am wearing my Andrea Pirlo t shirt. The famous picture of him in his sunglasses looking like the coolest guy on the planet. Which he is. Inside a silhouette of Andrea Pirlo. It's Pirlo inside of Pirlo. Ooh, Meta Pirlo. By our friends at Art of Football. Beautiful shirt, favorite shirt. Let's start the show. It's
1: levels to that. Shout out, Meek Mill. Go.
2: Cool. So, as we mentioned last week, we have a Patreon campaign going. We're determined to keep this show independent, keep it going, but we need your help to do it. Go to patreon.com slash dirtytackle to contribute, and together we can create a great show for all of us. Just help us. Huge thanks to everyone who contributed already, but special shout-out to Alfonso Martinez and Joey Rawlings. Joey has the additional proud distinction of being our very first contributor. They both chipped in at the $10 level, and as a result, we now have the artist who created the Cristiano Ronaldo bust at his airport working on busts of both of Alfonso and Joey as we speak.
1: Looking good. Joey Rawlings converted him from baseball. Shout out to us.
2: Exactly. I'm assuming of the Rawlings baseball family that, you know, they're now on board. Good for us. This is the
1: way of America, people. Join the club. Come on.
2: Um, So if you contribute at the $10 level, we will also give you a shout out on a future show. So get in on it. There's some other great rewards. Check it out. Patreon.com slash 30 tackle. All the details are there. And let's go. Let's make this happen. Give
1: us your lunch money.
2: (laughs) Coming up in a bit, we have exclusive extracts from Luke Shaw's private diary, but first, our Dirty Tackles of the Week. Again, this is why we're here. Let's deliver some takedowns, studs up, two-footed, going hard on the assholes of the football world who deserve it. Ryan, who's your Dirty Tackle of the Week?
0: The English Football Association, Brooks. I'm coming hard at the big dogs this week. going big. That's two weeks in a row. Uh, Mainly, Because of Leighton Orient and the way they were treated this week. I'm not sure if you've been following the story of Leighton Orient. Once a proud club, I think it was 2014, they were in the uh, League 1 playoff final. They missed a penalty, which meant they didn't go into the championship. All went a bit downhill from there. Their owner, Barry Hearn, sold them off. They have sold to a guy who doesn't really care about them. Long story short, they got relegated from league two this season. So they're out of the football league. They've gone out of the top four tiers into the non-league. So an absolute disaster for the club. First time in their 112 years that this has happened to them. And this game they played, it was their last home game. It was against Colchester United, and it was 3-1 to Colchester. And there was a pitch invasion from the Lake Norrient fans. They were very unhappy. It was bound to happen, this thing, because the fans had been so, so, so poorly treated. But a very peaceful protest it was. People coming onto the field, sitting down. There was a mobility scooter on the field at one point. No kidding. I love that.
2: There. I love when that happens.
0: That's absolutely brilliant. And as they do in these situations, the police and the club made an announcement, game's abandoned. We're stopping this one. Go home. Everyone's like, fine. So eventually it pours out and the stadium's completely empty. They take the nets up. They take the corner flags out. But then some trickery happens. <laughs> They bring the Nets down. They put corner flags back in. Two hours after the abandonment, they play out the final five minutes of the game. And I don't know if you've seen it, but it's bizarre. It's just like players passing to each other, like the episode of The Simpsons where they just pass it sideways for (laughs) five minutes. It's that. So no
2: no fans in the stadium. It was just...
0: It was just about 30 or 40 journalists and the players. It was absolutely mind-boggling and an absolute disgrace because, well, for several reasons. One, these late Orient fans have basically been denied the last chance to see their team at home as a league club in many, well, it could be for a very long time. Also, the FA then barred the fans from getting uh, tickets from their very last game against Blackpool. That was an away game. They've now just reduced their allocation because there were so many complaints about that. But the worst thing about this, guys, is the precedent it sets because in future, if there's a pitch invasion and they call it off, no one's going to leave. Because no one's going to believe that it's an actual uh, an abandonment. They're going to be like, yeah, right, we're just going to wait until you start it up again. So they've it'll set be a, a terrible precedent here.
1: Yeah, I feel like it's not a legit abandonment if you come back like 10 minutes later to discover the thing again. Well, it's definitely not. It's a fake out. It's a pump fake. And it's just ruined all
0: future abandonments forever because they'll never really be abandoned. No one's ever going to leave football fields when this kind of <laughs> thing happens again. Yeah,
1: screw you, F.A. We can't abandon things the right way anymore. It'll be
2: sleepovers. It'll be an endurance test. All right, Theo, what's what's your dirty tackle of the week? So my dirty tackle of the week
1: is going out to all the linesmen who officiate Cristiano Ronaldo's knockout Champions League games. Um, Ronaldo, not sure if you've heard of him. He's a pretty talented footballer, scores a lot of goals. I just don't really think he needs the help of linesmen in Europe to allow him to score his first goal of the match being offside. It happened a bunch of times now. It's just unnecessary. It cheapens it. Let him score onside. I think he could do it. Probably could. I've seen him do it. He did it after both times. Theo, I don't know if you've been made
0: aware of this, but you know the real reason this has been happening so much. He's been scoring so many offside goals in the Champions League. Uh, the Champions League hasn't actually brought in VAR, video assistant referees yet. They haven't actually decided on that, even though like leagues like the Bundesliga have, they're going to have it next year. The league is probably going to have it the year after, the World Cup's having it. They haven't decided on that system because the Champions League has already implemented a different system. It's RAO. Have you heard about this one? No, go on. It's Ronaldo-assisted offside system. So uh, whenever he gets uh, into an offside position, he's automatically granted the ability to score the goal uh, without hindrance.
2: I, see, I think the linesmen are just doing this to annoy Gerard Pique. He gets so upset about any <laughs> injustice in favor of Real Madrid that I feel like they're just trying to make his ears bleed and, and ha- have his head explode. Have they done that yet?
1: Do we have any word?
2: <laughs> it, I think it might have. I didn't see him tweet after the match. So I, th- I think it, it might have killed him. Finally. Yeah, we'll get back to you. I haven't seen his head lately. It might have exploded. Yeah. Poor Shakira. My Dirty Tackle of the Week is against the owners of the Philadelphia Union, the MLS team. I don't know if you've seen. The worst team in MLS. They have not won a game yet this season. In fact, they haven't won a game since August 27th of 2016, last year. They're approaching the longest winless streak in MLS history, which was 19 games set by the New York, New Jersey Metro Stars, now the Red Bulls, in 1999. And this club is just, they're they're awful. And the owners are to blame. The fans are great. I don't blame the players. They're doing what they can. But the owners, I feel like there's two kind of levels of ownership in MLS. You have these super rich companies or individuals who are driving the league forward and and investing and and building it up. Then you have these owners who are kind of small potatoes who are holding it back. And I think they fall in the latter category.
1: You know it's bad if you're trying to best a winless streak from a team that has a slash in the first part of their name and that (laughs) hasn't even played since 1999.
2: Exactly. This is old school MLS horribleness that they're approaching. It's just insane. Their payroll is amongst the lowest in the league. They have invested in infrastructure and youth program, but their first team is lacking. They're just not buying the players. And plus, what pisses me off the most is they charge 35 bucks to park on an unpaved parking lot. This is, this is obscene. This well, is
0: it's not an unpaved parking lot, then, is it, if you pay?
2: Unpaved. Oh, unpaved, sorry. <laughs> an un- yeah, they charge $35. Well, it's for- like a dirt field. <laughs> they charge 35 bucks to park on a gravelly field that could destroy your car.
1: What should people charge to, to park on an unpaved parking lot? Like 20 bucks? 15? I'm just interested. You seem to be an expert on the to, matter. To
2: watch a team that doesn't win, you should be free parking. No, no, no. Take all that
1: out of it. I'm literally asking what you should pay to park on an unpaved parking lot.
2: Just for Nothing. Reasons. You're you're risking your tires just parking on it. You're free. risking your you're risking your Yokohama tires to park on there. It's it's a travesty.
0: Brooks follow-up question, what would you pay to park on a paved parking lot? Just out of interest.
2: Uh, it depends. If if I'm going to see a good team, I'll pay. I'll pay twenty, thirty bucks if it's if it's 25? worth it. But not thirty-five. No, <laughs> that's, that's right. We can the discuss line. the parking between business thirty and 30 thirty-five. Show, is where right? I draw the
0: line. We should go long on this one. No, I'm just. Kidding. Anyway, what, the the uh, the one thing I'd say here, Brooks, is that I think I'm not exactly going to suggest that we introduce pro in the USA. But this is. Can we not just do it for this one example? Just relegate them and just bring in one team. Just to, just a one-off.
2: Yeah, I feel like I mean the these owners, they clearly figured out that they're just holding on to this team as long as they can to boost the value, then sell it off. They don't care about winning. And it's it's a travesty. It's bad. I don't like it. They're they're abusing their loyal fans and I don't like it. Dope, and lower the parking dope, costs.
1: Dope, 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 dope.
2: Yeah, no dupes. The only duping going on is of the fans. I don't approve. Whoa. Spicy. I like it.
0: Hello, geht's, I'm Philip Blam of Bayern Munich. Perhaps you've heard that we won the Bundesliga for the fifth time in a row, which is a new record, and it's the 27th time overall. This is an impractical amount of trophies, and we've run out of room to keep them all. If you'd like to have one, please contact us at too many trophies at fcbayern.ca. They will be available on a first come, first serve basis, and Thomas Muller will deliver them on horseback.
2: Thank you, and good day. And now, here is our first exclusive extract from Luke Shaw's private diary. Diary
3: entry April 21, 2017 I'm so happy. Last night was amazing. Mr. Mourinho let me play a full 90 minutes in the Europa League. I didn't even get injured once. Mr. Mourinho explained that I could only play in the Europa League because it's the ginger stepchild of competitions and therefore pretty suitable for a fat kid with a dumb haircut and legs made of glass. He's so funny. He's so funny, isn't he? Of course, after the game, he locked me back in my cell, which is the disused laundry room at Carrington. It's full of Mark Hughes' soiled underwear from the 1990s. And there's piles of empty McDonald's filet fish boxes everywhere. I think Wayne Rooney's used it to do his secret eating in there sometimes. Now he just does it in the locker room in front of everyone. <laughs> oh, it's lonely in here. There's claw marks on the door and it looks like Eric Jimber Jemba. I don't know. He started to write his own name in blood on the walls. I don't even have my phone in here to take videos of myself doing exercises to prove how my body works. Mr Mourinho's replaced my iPhone with a plastic Doc McStuffins one. I can't even get an outside line on this thing. I'm not even sure it's a real phone, if I'm honest. Anyway, after the Andalit game, Mourinho told me he hates me more than he hates starting youth players in games. He said he'd rather eat £100,000 coins a week than have the club pay me them instead. He said he'd rather remake the TV show The Trip with Arsene Wenger touring around Chernobyl and eating radioactive raccoons than play me in his team again. Anyway, I must rest. Tomorrow's the day you want to get me five minutes of sunlight. Well, actually, I mean five minutes of standing in the rain. It's Manchester after all. Love, Luke. Bye bye. <laughs>
0: Alright guys, it's tame it's tame. It's tame for the favourite part of the podcast. <laughs> All right, let's try again. You're right. Huh? Alright guys, it's time for your favorite tradition of this podcast. It's the moment where we separate truth from lies, lies from truth, stuff I've made up from stuff that's been in the press. It's time for Truaya. True are you? True are You? True are you? very good the rules are very simple in this game guys i'm going to read you some headlines from the world of soccer some of them are true some of them are not so true you tell me which ones are true which ones are not are you ready let's do this i'm gonna ready. win all right story number one guys here we go brendan rogers has said that the best player he's ever coached is mario balotelli is that true or false
2: false wow that's uh i think it's true but i don't know if he would
0: well, he has coached uh, Luis Suarez. He's coached uh, Lucas Lieva.
2: Exactly. Mario Balotelli, top of the heap. Several Swansea players. Steven Gerrard. Didn't him and Mario
1: not particularly get along? It seems like a weird thing for him to say if he didn't really play him that much. I feel like he would play the best player you've ever coached, no?
2: Or it was a shot at all his ex-players who don't return his calls anymore.
1: Whoa. <laughs> a little, like, scorned lover thing going
2: on? Exactly. Yeah, Steven Gerrard won't return his texts, so... Mario Balotelli is the best now.
0: If you saw Brendan Rodgers flashing up on your phone and you were like doing something else, would you answer it?
2: To be fair, no, I don't. I don't blame any of them. But
1: I would just to hear him talk for a little bit and maybe record a bit of it.
2: I'm going to reveal the answer to this one. It is, in fact, true. He
0: did say that, but it's also a bit false because he didn't mean it. I think he said it in jest. This was at the Celtic Player of the Year ceremony, which just took place. Uh, He said it as a little jokey-jokey because he's a very funny man, isn't he? Oh, so so funny. Hilarious. All right. Next up,
1: Paolo Dibola
0: of Juventus has never been to the cinema.
1: What? Wow. I, w- I want this to be true because I have a very anti cinema stance. Theo Messi himself hates going to the cinema. What uh, you're either too Wait, hot. Whoa
2: whoa whoa. Wait, whoa, whoa, whoa! Stop everything! Stop
1: everything! Stop everything! Let's get into that. Why? Yeah, I why? refuse to go to the cinema. Why? Straight up, because it is one of the most uncomfortable entertainment experiences you could pay money for. You're either too hot, you're too cold, you have a wedgie the whole time, you gotta take a piss, you gotta take a shit. It's terrible. There's people around you that are laughing. They're ruining your experience. Yeah, but you can't pause the movie on the big screen and go to the bathroom.
2: (laughs) You can't go two hours without going to the bathroom? Sometimes, no. Sometimes I get excited.
0: (laughs) Uh, The most uncomfortable entertainment experience in the world? It's not likely. You've never been to Blackburn Rovers to see a game then, I don't think. This
1: is true, but I will only watch a film in the comfort of my own home. I hope he doesn't like going to the cinema because that would mean we're anti-cinema brothers. (laughs) Have you ever been to the cinema? (laughs) I have, and I vow never to go again. But I go pretty much once a year. So what was the, what was the last movie you saw in the cinema?
2: First of all, um, let's just. I keep saw clear Split.
1: Here. I saw Split, and to be honest with you, it was a great movie. Experience was totally ruined. I had a wedgie the entire time, and the people around me were like laughing. When I didn't really think it was that funny, I thought it was just a good movie. So. So that's interesting that you, a fictional character, went to see a movie about someone
0: who's got multiple personalities. Very interesting that. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Ryan, you're only my shrink off the air. Come on. <laughs> all right, guys, I'm going to reveal this one. This is false. I just made it up. I thought it would be funny Good. to suggest he's never See, seen it. You're all
2: alone. You're all alone, yeah. PL. See,
1: what you think is funny is my reality, so <laughs> watch yourself.
2: It hurts. Painful.
0: Here's some reality for you, guys. Next one. Mesut Ozil told the Arsenal club doctor to F off. That's fuck off after Whoa. requesting to Ooh. undergo a drugs test following uh, the defeat to Tottenham. He basically told the doctor to do one after the doctor said, you've got to go and do the mandatory drugs test. Did he say that or not?
1: 100% he said that. Definitely. Players tell other non-players to fuck off all the time. It's pretty much all they know how to say to regular human beings. Well, And much,
2: also, I've if heard. you've seen him play recently, <laughs> especially in the, uh, in the North London Derby, there's no way he was on performance enhancing drugs. He might have been on performance dehancing drugs, but that's a ridiculous question.
1: I mean, look look at his eyes, man. The guy's definitely on performance dehancing <laughs> or enhancing, however you want to consider it, drugs. <laughs> He's on drugs is what I'm trying to say all the
2: time, 24-7. First of all, allegedly. Throw an allegedly in there. We don't want to get sued on right. episode He's three. allegedly
1: on drugs 24-7. He told okay. me he is, allegedly.
2: The only <laughs> reason I could see him uh, declining
0: to go and do this drugs test if it was really far away and they told him he had to run, because those are some things he doesn't like doing for <laughs> ah. sure. Burn. He should have just taken the Rio Ferdinand route of drugs test and just maybe not showed up, just gone home. Yeah, just skip it.
2: Yeah, yeah. I like it. You know, a guy like
1: Ozil has a whizinator in his closet. So, but I. (laughs) Are you both (laughs) saying this one's true? No. Yes. Yes. True. Sorry, I got I confused myself.
2: Brooks, Theo, explain to everyone what a whizinator is.
1: A whizinator is a fake penis that you strap a hot bag of pee into, and then you tie around your waist. You squeeze it, and it comes out. It's so you beat a drug test, allegedly.
2: Allegedly. Okay. Glad we cleared that up. My God! And you
1: can use it as like a party trick after you pass the drug test. <laughs> Maybe not. Human pee, with water. Why? You know, why do time. you know this? Hey, potential sponsors, wiznator sponsors. We're here for you. Call us. <laughs> we will <laughs> take yeah, your Wizinators. I'll wear it during the show. Whatever.
2: Let's works. get that wiznator money.
0: All right. We said the word wiznator far too many times. This one is true. Well, it's true according to the Evening Standard and several other uh, newspapers. He apparently did tell the Arsenal club doctor to f off despite the glock to just doing his job and he had to do a mandatory drugs test. This wasn't optional.
2: I would have said the same thing after that game.
0: He wasn't very happy about it. And apparently he kicked a door and left stud marks in the door. So Ooh. at least he's passionate about something, not soccer, but not doing drugs tests. That's what he's what a about. shock.
1: A professional footballer told a normal person to fuck off. <laughs>
0: Yeah. All right, next one for you guys. Liverpool's Emre Chan, who it might be pronounced Emre-Jean. I'm not sure. I'm, I'm not sure on the pronunciation there. I thought it was Can. That guy, Liverpool's Emre Can, eats a Burger King chicken sandwich the night before every single game. True or false?
1: <laughs> the grilled version.
2: I hope it's true, because that would justify my diet, so... I hope that's
1: true. (laughs) Yeah, I think it's true because I often eat fast food and pull off amazing feats like that bicycle kick, but just in my own version. So, true. Brooks?
2: Um, I say true as well. Please.
1: I wish it were. It might be true, but
0: I'm afraid I just made this one up. This was merely an observation that Emre Chan scored an amazing athletic goal, and yet he's quite a stocky guy. I just imagine he probably eats Burger King a lot.
1: That's all I thought. Emre, if you're listening, call in. Confirm your diet for us. Please.
0: (laughs) Next one for you. Uh, David Beckham was banned from this year's Met Gala, the fancy New York thingy where you wear fancy clothes, because last year he broke their no selfie rule. Is that true or false?
1: (laughs) I know that is false because there are many selfies floating around from the Met Gala. Essentially, it's a selfie fest because there's no other normal people in the thing it's just celebrities people with abhorrent amounts of money they're taking selfies of each other that's the entire basis so false it doesn't mean they're not breaking the rules yeah but why would he be the only one to not be allowed back you this know, is from last bad. year this is last year he got he got banned so we think the rules are changing okay i still maintain false
2: no i think yeah there's no way there's a no selfie rule for that And also, he's not a huge selfie guy, David Beckham. He's not that big on social media. He does his little Instagrams here and there, but I feel like there'd be more egregious offenders there. That's true. He does do a lot of
0: social media when whiskey or aftershave brands are paying him to do so. That is true. Exactly. It's only sponsored. Or his kids are paying him to do so. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. This one is actually false. Um, There is a no-selfie rule at the Met Gala, which uh, several celebrities, including someone called Kylie Jenner... I don't know. Uh, she broke it this year. Uh, David Beckham last attended in 2014. Last one Ooh. for you here, gents, before we wrap this one up. Tottenham. I don't know if you've heard they got a new stadium. I don't know what it's going to be called. Probably White Hart Lane Part Deux. But um, it's very <laughs> fancy and it's got lots of crazy features. Here's the one that you might not believe. Tottenham's new stadium has a cheese room where you get cheeses, special artisan cheeses at half time. What? To be in this room, you pay a fifteen thousand pound membership fee. True or false?
1: God, I hope so. I love cheese.
2: I would say it would only be true if they're using it as a way to lure Luka Modric back because he has a little bit of a mousy vibe about him, so that the <laughs> cheese could attract him. Um, I think so. True as a transfer tactic.
1: Yeah, I'm. I'm. I'm with that. Luka Modric certainly looks like a mouse. So let's let it fly. True. <laughs> <laughs> yes, gents, you're both
0: correct. This is indeed true. There's lots of very outlandish things going on at this new stadium. There's a tunnel where it's, there's like a big uh, lounge next to it where you can see the players coming out at the beginning of games. That's called the Tunnel Club, by the way. There's a microbrewery. There is an in-house bakery. There's a Sky Lounge where I think you just sit and watch Sky TV, presumably. Uh, it's got a retractable
2: pitch in there. Oh, so they do have a pitch. So in addition to all that other stuff, they do have an actual pitch on the, in the middle of it.
0: If they choose to retract it into the stadium for match days, they will have a pitch, yes.
2: Oh, okay. Wow. So they will play, they'll play some games there. All righty,
1: guys. That is true,
0: are you? Hey,
1: I won, I think. What's well, good?
2: <laughs> you can't just declare yourself the winner. That's not how this works.
0: Yeah, I wasn't keeping score. Let's say Theo won. Congratulations.
2: I won.
1: I, I tallied them all up, and I got everyone right.
2: I, I don't think that's true.
1: And we helped each other on that one. So good for us. Teamwork makes the dream work. <laughs> we're all winners here particularly Paolo Dibola who has been to the cinema can we just say,
0: Dibola like does anybody call him Paolo Dibola honestly Dibala what do you say Dibala, yeah, Dibala. Dibala. you can say Dibola no you're, you You no. can say
1: Dibola nobody else can say Dibola
0: let's mark that down right now say it in an Italian accent Paolo Dibola Paolo Dibola say it in an Argentinian accent Paolo Dibola yeah that sounded similar <laughs> any other accents Say in a Japanese accent.
2: Paolo di ballo.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> so, moving on. I don't know if you guys have heard, but Francesco Totti... The god. He's been around a while. He's celebrating his 25th season with Roma, which is incredible. In fact, 32% of players in Serie A this season were not even born when Totti made his debut in 92. What? Not even born. 32%. We cannot emphasize how legendary that is. It's amazing. So... Thankfully, we have a new sponsor here on the show, and it's Francesco Totti's Magic Ball Cream. Let's go to the app. Roll it. Ciao, tutti. I'm a Francesco Totti. Do you want to play a football like a me forever? Then you need Francesco Totti's Miracle Ball Cream. I have produced it all of myself, this magical substance, with my own two hands. It can be used so many ways. On your face, as a hair gel, or even to make a baby Francesco Totti. So buy my Miracle Ball Cream today and play a football forever. Francesco
0: Totti's Miracle Ball Cream is not approved by the Italian FDA.
2: And now, here's our second exclusive extract from Luke Shaw's Private Diary. Diary entry, May 1st, 2017.
3: It's now been 64 days since Mr. Mourinho locked me in my cell. This morning, I got all excited when a sandwich was passed under the door. After taking a bite, though, I realised it was just two pieces of stale bread with some of Mawawan hair in the middle. It wasn't his head hair either. Mr. Mourinho was unhappy with me after I got that ouchy, wouchy against uh, Swansea, that was it. He said he was so annoyed that he was going to play someone called Cameron Borthwick-Jackson in my place instead. I think he made that name up. This morning, when I pressed my ear to the wall of my cell, I could hear Mr. Mourinho talking to the other guys. He told this joke, right? It went like this. He said, what's wrong with Pep Guardiola driving over a cliff in an exotic sports car? There's also room for luxury in the passenger seat of an exotic sports car. Yeah, he sounds a bit Russian, don't know why. I didn't get the joke either. But I've got hope. One matter, my only friend here, he says that Mourinho told him I could get another chance at United if I stopped eating whole sticks of butter for breakfast, if I got a haircut, if I stopped being a little girly man and if I got better at football. I can probably do two of those things. Actually, I can't get any better at football. Maybe I can just do the haircut one. Anyway, got to go. Lots of love, Lukey.
2: Those Luke Shaw diary extracts. Some serious stuff in there. Startling revelations. I I didn't know he had it that hard. I, I feel bad for the guy. Anyway, Life Ref.
1: It's the Life Ref. He
0: you uh. so
2: you better watch out.
1: so you don't play by the rules, but you should.
2: We are here to pass judgment on the questionable decisions that may go on on and off the field in the football world. Theo Ryan, let's make some calls. What do you think? Let's do it. I'm ready. All right, Theo, start us off.
1: So first, ruling decision. Jose Mourinho has instituted a new social media ban at Manchester United. Part of this is stemming from those stunning revelations in Luke Shaw's diary where he was recording himself working out. Mourinho (laughs) didn't think that that showed the club's medical staff in the best light. He's probably right about that. He's also outlawed social media on the bus and mostly on match days altogether from players. Boys, how do we feel about Jose Mourinho's what some would call archaic social media rules for Manchester United. I'm going to say
0: straight away, I think it's totally right. I'm totally on board with what Mourinho is doing here. These guys, let's remember, they are employees of a company, and as employees of a big, famous company where they are the faces of it, they're expected not to be dicks, and they're expected not to be (laughs) distracted by social media. If you're preparing for a game, I want my players with their game faces on, ready to go out of the locker room and get a draw. I want them to go out and get a draw at Old Trafford. I don't want them to be uh, distracted by their social media feeds. And let's remember, Theo, that Arsenal dressing room selfies are the worst thing in Western society. We don't want any <laughs> other teams doing that.
2: I mean, Noted. I think it's fair. I think it's fair. They, they can ban it if they want, but I, I don't agree. I don't think it's that much of a distraction. And at the same time, I, I feel like those social media posts on match day might get more people to watch the match. It serves a purpose for the club. It's more exposure, and it, it might generate more revenue than, than the actual match itself. For the, for I don't the believe that. For the club at this point. No, nope. Manchester
1: nope. United needs more exposure like one of the Kardashians needs more exposure. But anyways, in the name of social media content, I will say that um, I think that Mourinho is right on this. Uh, you say to focus on the match, Ryan, which I agree. You know, value a draw over engagement or retweets or whatever. But also... Football players are terrible at social media. All they do is take <laughs> photos from the club photographer of themselves kicking a ball on the training pitch, <laughs> yeah. repost it with some dumb, semi-motivational caption. It's bad content. It's bad not to focus on the match. I agree with Mourinho. Down with Twitter. And also
0: one other thing, it was better back in the day when footballers were gods. We didn't know what they did. We didn't know what Antoine Griezmann had for breakfast that day. They were mysterious. I want to go back to those days when we didn't know that kind of thing. It was a pan de
1: chocolat, and I don't want to know.
2: I say play on. Fair enough. I don't care. doesn't matter. Yeah,
0: agreed. Agreed. All right, I've got a life ref decision for us guys to make here, and it's on the subject of a Manchester United player, specifically Mr.
1: Chris Smalling, who's getting married this summer. Oh,
0: oh. congratulations, Chris Smalling. They're probably
1: going to make it. They're going to only be faithful to each other and have a lovely relationship, I'm sure of it. As
0: is the case generally with <laughs> soccer stars and famous celebrity partners. Well, and non-famous people too. His partner is called Sam Cook. It's the, I believe it's the 1960s soul musician. It's either him or it's... uh <laughs> The famous British model called Sam Cooke, who is in a state of undress, regularly in red-top British newspapers. Uh, the thing that's caught my eye here is that the amount of air miles they're going to cover during the wedding process. OK, so get ready for this. Uh, Smalling stag do is in Las Vegas. That's over 10,000 miles in the air. So a, sta- a stag do is
1: like a bachelor party, I'm pretty sure.
0: 10,000 miles for this stag do not bachelor party in Las Vegas. Uh, The wedding is flying 2,000 miles to Italy, to Lake Como for that one. So that's over 12,000 miles we've got so far. The honeymoon is in the Seychelles. The Seychelles, point to it on a map, I dare you. It's 10,400 miles from Manchester anyway. So we're talking over 22,000 miles this summer for this wedding and its uh, respective parties. Uh, Add on top of that the fact that Man United are going on a US tour. They're going to play in LA and a few other cities that's at least another 10,000 each way there that's a lot of miles that uh, Chris Smalling is putting on his body this summer and we know how much toll that can take we know how MLS teams find it very difficult to travel across country we know that Louis van Gaal complained about going on US tours because of the way it starts the season badly this to me is a red card he should just you know you know, they have churches and they have wedding places in Manchester he doesn't have to go that far he could do his <laughs> shit ones he could do his stag do in like Southampton or Blackpool or something. He doesn't have to go to Las Vegas. He could do his honeymoon in Scotland.
2: I don't know. This this sounds exhausting. I mean, by the time you do all that traveling, are you even going to enjoy the the wedding and all the celebration? I feel like you'd be tired, you'd just be asleep the entire time. Guys, guys. Awful. But-
1: you would travel that far for true love, and I'm sure that the love coursing through both these individual partners' veins will keep him energized for years and years and years to come.
2: You won't even go to a movie theater. What are you talking about?
1: <laughs> that this is These are different cases, man. I'm saying Chris Smalling is clearly in love. He'll never <laughs> have relations with any other woman on the face of the planet again. And this is the love that will sustain him through all this travel, through the U.S. tour, <laughs> through probably another sixth-place finish for United next year. It's going to be fantastic. Ooh.
0: But the wow. worst thing about this, guys, is the fact that Chris Smalling can't even boast on Instagram about his lovely vacation and wedding because he's banned from doing it. So there's no, and Only well, on a match you know, day.
1: Only on a match day.
0: Uh, I, think, I think the ban's going to extend, and it means that we all know that if it doesn't go on social media, then it didn't really happen. So maybe exactly. really, really,
2: well, I go to all that trouble for a beautiful wedding at the ends of the earth? When you can't show it off. Pointless. Can't even face post. Okay. Our final life ref decision comes back around to Mario Balotelli. We mentioned him earlier, but Mario, he's done some questionable things himself from time to time. And his latest one actually has to do with social media again. So I don't know if you guys saw, he made a post on Instagram of Kim Kardashian in a bikini, which is, I don't know why he's doing that. Um, and he wrote some text <laughs> over top of it saying, seriously, WTF is this. Stands for what the fuck. Thank you, Theo. Thank you. Kanye, but he spelled Kanye, K-A-Y-N-E. How Jane. can you chop this? Horrible. The only woman that got worse with surgery. K A little Italian in there.
1: There were also some bad emojis in there. One was about to barf in the beginning. One was sweating, and another one just looks very scared.
2: Yeah, this was just really cruel and uncalled for. We here at the Dirty Taco Podcast do not approve of body shaming anyone. Yes. Like yeah. when when Mourinho does it with Luke Shaw, no good. When Balotelli does it with Kim Kardashian, no good. This is a straight red card. I think this has to be a universal decision, right guys?
1: This is a straight red card for me as well. It's like what are you doing posting, you know, maybe the best artist of all time's wife on your Instagram?
2: It's disrespectful, it's cruel. It's, it's no good. And and for Mario.
1: for kickers, he, he spoke in English and Italian. Like, at least choose one so your fans can, like, understand. It's just a weak <laughs> effort overall. Yeah, make up your mind, bro. <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah, come on. I mean, Mario, you're having a great year. You're, you're doing good with Nice. But get your Instagram in order. Come on. No more body shaming.
1: Maybe in the past, in, like, Ibiza or something, Kim Kardashian spurned him for Kanye West. And this is the retribution he, he seeks on Instagram.
2: Still, it's cruel. It's too far. So, yeah. I think that closes it out. Final whistle on life ref. Blow your whistles.
1: Red card for Mario. You're used to it by now. Get to stepping. Yeah,
2: get, get walking. So, that does it for episode three of the Dirty Tackle podcast. Thanks again for listening. Thanks to our producer, Bobo Martino. Bobo. Bobo in the house. And again, if you want the show to keep going, we need your support. Patreon.com slash dirty tackle. Contribute. We'll give you shout outs, lots more cool rewards. Get to it.
1: Inject the funds.
2: You can read our nonsense at dirty tackle.net. And I am on Twitter at BrooksDT. Ryan, what's your Twitter handle?
0: Uh, it's at uh, Amanda Bynes. A-
2: no, M- you said that A- last time.
0: Well, it's still my Twitter handle.
2: No. Yeah, you I can't didn't... be expected for him to change his Twitter handle every week. That I didn't believe you then. Sense. I don't believe you now. I keep trying to tweet at these people, and they don't respond. It's not you. Just try harder. Oh, so frustrating. Theo, what's your Twitter handle?
1: My Twitter handle is at TheoMessiDT.
2: Nice. That's all I have to say about it. I mean, you asked the
1: question, and I answered. Yeah. But yeah, definitely definitely contribute on Patreon. Be, Be the Russian oligarch to our fledgling football podcast. Give us all your money.
2: If you have any questions or comments, hit us up on email dirtytackle at gmail.com get those messages in
1: page us beep us do whatever Carrier pigeon we're dying to communicate we've been in these closets for weeks now we've recorded all the episodes back to back to back I don't know why they're releasing them like this <laughs> save us from ourselves please <laughs> so that's
2: it we'll see you next time bye adios later
1: Cause you don't play by the rules but you should